Many of the longtime listeners to the program Truth to Ponder have been asking recently, whatever became of the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales? Well, he's on the program today. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. In just a few minutes, I've got a guest standing by, somebody that if you've listened to this program for any length of time over the past year and a half, you've heard him. And many have said, well, why haven't you had him as a guest on the program? And it's merely been a timing conflict because of his work schedule and what he's doing in his ministry. What I'm doing currently, we seldom have a time that seems to work, but we figured one out this week. And so we'll be talking about a lot of things. I want to share something at the beginning of the program, though. This comes out of Alabama. One of those stories that I'm really happy to bring you. And this is about two Alabama parents who homeschooled their children. Now, we're not talking one or two. They had 10 children. And all of them graduating high school by the time they were like age 12. All of them rocketing forward with their respective areas of interest and careers. Now, these high school sweethearts met many years ago, and this is Kip and Mona Lisa Harding. They're both 53 years of age now, and they raised their children to believe that if it's their God calling, they can God will help them achieve it. Their children, who now range from age 34 down to 11, have taken their can-do attitude to the various fields of study and occupation, and they've made uh, quite a, quite an impact. Now, their 34-year-old daughter, Hannah, mathematics degree, works as a math tutor. She was at Auburn University in Montgomery, uh, and she graduated at age 17 with a Bachelor of Science in Math. Then you got uh, Rosanna, 32, as an architect in New York City, youngest member of the AIA, which is the American Institute of Architects back in 2013. Serena, who is 31, became, ready for this, the youngest Navy doctor, Navy doctor at the age of 22, and now is a physician living and working around Washington, D.C. Their son, Heath, who is Troy University's youngest graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science at the age of 17, is now working in Florida with that degree. Seth, 21, um, scripted history, becoming Alabama's, ready for this, youngest lawyer at the age of 19. He currently works as an attorney in Alabama. And he got Katrina, 18, is set to break her brother's record of becoming the youngest lawyer in Alabama. And she'll be before the bar in July of this year. And she's married, lives with her husband in Montgomery, Alabama. And you got Marina, age 16, Auburn University's youngest graduate student in health science and is working on getting another degree in horticulture. Then Lorena, age 14, will be a junior at Bellevue University this year, while her brother, Thunder James, who's age 11, is now a college freshman. Did you hear that? 11 years of age, college freshman. Now, Is this some extraordinary family of super people? No. They fully admit they're just average people with average smarts and average intelligence, but they believe in their Lord. They teach their children biblical principle, and they encourage them to learn. Uh, 
Now, this family's homeschool journey began in, in 1998 with their oldest child com- when completed the third grade. They suddenly realized these kids are gone all day long. They're bringing tons of homework home. Where is family time? Where is time for the other important things of life? It's like the school system is sucking the life out of your children. And schools increasingly, even in, quote, red states, as I mentioned yesterday, are becoming a danger. They really are. The interest of the schools are not necessarily the interest of your family. And they put it all together. And they're teaching their children values from Scripture. And these kids are so far ahead of their public school peers. What it took was some effort and commitment on the parts of the parents. Now imagine if we had more parents like this working with their churches to ensure a quality and biblically-based education. How different our world would be with people that can actually think. My guest today, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. Am I right in saying that somehow the church kind of reneged on their responsibility in, in raising and nurturing our children? Almost completely. We've looked at the past 40, 50 years plus that the church has just kind of handed their children to the government, to mm-hmm. the system. Now, you have things called parent-teacher association, but not a single parent can change a curriculum. You just go there to listen, to voice your opinion. Maybe you're angry, upset about a curriculum. Maybe they'll change it, but it's well, not in your hands. It's the optics. It's the optics yep. for the school yep. boards to say, look, see, the parents are deeply involved in in all yes. of in our children's education. Sure. Notice it's always our children when it comes to the school. It's our students, our children. That's right. That's right. Not yours. And, and they give you the voice, you know, to make it look like you have something, uh, a part in it. But mm-hmm. you don't. And, and that's just a, a mirage. Ultimately, you know, way back, I guess in the 60s, there was a Christian, um, I guess he was reformed, uh, Rush Dooney, Rousseau's Rush Dooney. And he wrote a book called The Messianic Character of American Education. Actually, a very, very good book. He wrote it when he was at, um, I think, uh, UCLA. And it was his uh, master's thesis. What a powerful book. But that book, again, told you how the 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 schools went from those single school rooms like Little House in the Prairie mm-hmm. where kids were learning and they were they were learning not just all 10 year olds in a room. Right. But you had 17-year-olds, 7-year-olds. They learned from one another, and they learned how to relate to one another. And today we've standardized it, right? So what happened is those were separate. The townspeople really were the ones in charge. They got together and hired a teacher to teach their children. There was much more of an investment in your child. And if you didn't want them to go there because you disagreed, you kept them home and you taught them. But in the 20s, Things started changing, and and Jay Gresham Machen from Princeton went before the Senate committee against standardizing education through all the states in America. And he said if we do that, we're going to standardize brains. We're going to standardize thinking. There will be no geniuses. There will be – everything will be standardized. And he put up a powerful speech to the Senate. I have to say, if you find it, read it. 
because Mm -hmm. he called forth what we're seeing today. He said this was exactly going to happen. And so now you have a government-controlled education. I call it public. It's not public education. That's a farce. Everything's semantics with these people powerful in control. It's a government school system, and the school system is ideological, not informational, if that makes sense. Now, see, and that's something. Let's. I'm going to reveal my age here a little bit. I think most people know that I'm an old codger. But, you know, 50 years ago when I was at graduated high school, it was a different time. Sure, things had started by the 1920s, and it was a gradual process over those first 50 years, very gradual, and also very local, because if you lived in a small town like I did when I went to high school, your teachers were basically church-going people, people in the community, uh, friends, members of the same clubs your parents were. It was a totally different world. There was no isolation between parents, administrators. By the way, very few administrators, a high school with a 1,000 students or close to it. One principal, one vice principal, a nurse, and a janitor, and a receptionist. That was the entire support staff outside of the lunchroom. Today, you've got building after building after building of administrators and people trying to work on curricula and trying to come up with policies and procedures that we didn't need 50 years ago. And what has it gotten us? Would you say we're better off today than we were uh, before all these administrators came on board? Never. You know, it's because public money, right? So everybody wants to have their hand in the coffer. But the problem is, you know, we put these people in charge and we think they're going to do what is right. But you have to remember, he who pays the piper picks the tune. And when we're when the government is taking our money and then the government is paying these people, the government decides what the tune is. Well, it's what's even worse in in many school districts around the United States. Schools are their own taxing entity. In other words, um, I know in some states, the schools do not even have to talk to the county government at all. They are authorized to tax whatever they feel like. And if they want to spend money, they have to have a referendum to build new buildings. And trust me, they always do that referendum on the third Tuesday on a day that nobody knows about for six hours and only teachers and people that are for it will ever have a chance to vote. I mean, they they, they stack the deck. And I've seen that over and over again, state to state. But the reason I don't want to spend too much time on education, but there's a reason. I think that's why so many people cannot understand the world around them. That's why so many people uh, cannot, they don't have common sense anymore. They can't think something through. They they are either on this side or the other. And, and look, even for conservative people, they cannot express what they truly believe. And that to me is even a greater danger when you don't even know what you believe. Now, did you see that story that came out pretty much end of last week over the weekend? And it involves a company you've talked a lot about. And it's a company that, if you want to look at its track record, Moderna. They started, what, about 2012. And for all those years, they lived off investors' money, building their wonderful headquarters, designing a logo, a website, artwork, you know, all the stuff to make them look impressive. Hired a a chief executive officer, Stefan Banchel. I think that's how it's pronounced. 
And they, they've been touting that they're going to reinvent medicine. And they didn't have any product that ever made it to market until magically the end of 2020. Took them almost 10 years. So did you notice that that uh, he the 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 head of Moderna dumped is dumping his stock and 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 deleted his Twitter account. I wonder. They, there's nothing to see here. I'm certain. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, you, when you look at the fact that the you know what we see is calling everything they've said into question. When you look at the fact that they've lied over and over about the efficacy of these shots, mm-hmm. which are not vaccines, once again, and you see that they've tried to run and hide from any uh, information about what's in these shots, well, you know, it's time to pay the piper here, right? Now, you've, now you're looking at people who are rebelling in big way mm-hmm. against these companies. That's right. And, you know, the Pfizer pulls their application from, from toddlers or jabbing children, especially when they're told they have six months to show what's in these shots. And then it's leaking out that these shots are causing – in the trials that were hidden – caused a multiplicity of deaths and maiming people, just what we're seeing in real time. That's right. So they're scared. They're dumping the stock. They're running. And somebody has to take the fall. And they know it. They know it. Moderna. What is Moderna? It's mode RNA. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they are. They were a therapeutic group. They were never a vaccine. That's right. And so they're for therapy. They were for, um, you know, chemotherapy. They were for cancer treatment. And so they're not even a yeah, vaccine and then, and they, company. And they never had a, a product that made it to market yet. Ever, ever. That and they all again, failed. Again, reminding people, mRNA never was used on human beings, human beings in the context it is used now. Ever, They'll say, oh, but you've been tried on, on humans in a different way for a therapy for other issues, but never as a vaccine. Right. And, and specific- any animal trials, the animals always died and the FDA would never approve it. Never. Well, here's the key. I mean, it's one thing. And from what my reading has indicated, that a lot of these concepts that go back, by the way, people that think this was invented during the year 2020 in Operation Warp Speed, this has been going on for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. at least, uh, probably longer. The, the entire concept of mRNA goes back to the late 1980s, that maybe we can we can coach you know the body into doing certain things. And the idea was to make a patient-specific uh, elixir, so to speak, for lack of a better term, for somebody's particular cancer, where where the body's immune system was unable to deal with that particular cancer. But that's not what these are today. This is a one size kills or fits all. Take your choice of what you want to call it. I know I get, look, I get people that yell at me all the time. What do you mean? These vaccines are 95% effective. They're safe and effective. Facebook told me they're safe and effective. So I believe Facebook. I mean, what? Come on. 
Right. You know, going way back, um, I think it was all the way back in the French Revolution, uh, you know, Voltaire and others who were behind it, mm-hmm. the ideology was a communist one back then. Um, but the, those who, who were pushing their propaganda said, you know what? And it was invented then. They said, we need what we call experts to stand next to the king in royalty. Mm-hmm. And to speak, we're not going to really define what that term means. We're just going to use the term experts because most people will immediately succumb to that term. Okay, yep. yeah, oh, yep. it must be experts. And and we've spoken about this before, but that's where it really began. And it's mm-hmm. been used immensely and extremely effectively well, ever, again, ever since. I sent you a little uh, graphic the other day. And it was an old advertisement from probably the late 50s or early 60s where it said, you know, seven out of 10 doctors prefer camel cigarettes. You know, they're better for you. (laughs) I mean, this is what follow the science has come down to, in my opinion. You know, it's seven out of 10 doctors say this. Well, seven out of 10 doctors recommended camel cigarettes back in 1959. Uh, Would that be the recommendation today? (laughs) No. Because five out of those seven died of lung cancer, probably. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but, you know, so what we're looking at is the propaganda, right? And it does go back to, you know, we see the Moderna and Pfizer. We see a propaganda blitz like we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to education of most Americans, like you said. We were not taught to think. And one of the biggest issues is discernment there is no discernment and Mm -hmm. propaganda has effectively wiped that out so that's why you see people like dr malone and dr mccullough talking about you know this this psychosis and i said that two years ago i said i'm not buying into the psychosis Mm -hmm. with the masks but It is a psychosis, and and the reason is because people can't. They cannot believe that there would be something this big and this intertwined, and, and, and so many people believe it. But we've seen that in microcosm. We've seen it in China. We've seen it in Germany. We've seen it. We've seen it all over the world, and, and so the reality is we're here. We're here. And when you look at Moderna and you look at Pfizer and you look at big media and you look at tech and you look at all of them working together, you say, but wait a minute. Why aren't the doctors, you know, saying something? Well, because they're listening to their experts. Not only that, they they have their own um, boards in each state in the United States. Same thing in Canada. You have provincially. You know, you go against the company line, you may have your license suspended and you can't practice medicine and make those payments yep. on your Mercedes. Skin for skin. What will a man not give for his own life? Mm-hmm. And this is what we're looking at. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe one out of a few hundred doctors. Look, I have met over the past, oh, let's say six, seven months. Run into some doctors. Their attitudes. I, 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 I would never take this stuff, but I don't want to make waves because I'll lose my hospital privilege. You yep. know, I, I and and I, I met one doctor over in Vero Beach, Florida, not far from where we live. I was over there one day, and he was being interviewed by another news agency, and he had been fighting the vaccine mandate that had come down at that hospital. Now, for what it's worth, on the good news size, he won. And they're not enforcing the mandate. But then again, this is Florida. This is not New York or Connecticut or New Jersey or Illinois or California. And so 
But even here, it was still a fight. And his reason was, I've already had COVID. I survived COVID. I'm not about to compromise my immune system by taking an unproven science. And we're being asked to believe that this is a miracle elixir sent from God, according to Kathy Hochul up in New York. God wants you to take this vaccine. God, I know God wants you to take it. And I'm thinking, what kind of woman from the depths of hell is this? Right. You know, claiming that God wants you to take this (laughs) vaccine. And I want you to be my, and she uses the right words. I want you to be my disciples to pass it along. Remember that? Yep. Oh, man, I I almost got sick when I heard that. And I'm thinking, you guys thought Cuomo was bad. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen nothing yet. You haven't seen anything yet. Uh, Jezebel is now the governor. And and I don't care what anybody says. She can claim she's a good Catholic and all that nonsense. But then again, if you're a pro-abortion Catholic, you're not a Catholic, period. You're not even a Christian, period. You're deceived, period. Get over it, period. These these lesbian pro-choice women that want to be priests in the Catholic Church or Orthodox Church types, uh, they they are a real problem, if you haven't noticed. Sure they are. And, and just go back to Romans 1, right? I mean, when you read it, it says those who've given themselves over in that way are reprobate minds. Mm-hmm. It says, and you know, that's a strong term. I know. Reprobate minds whose foolish hearts are darkened and they're making policy. The reprobate and darkened mind and heart is making policy and laws in our states with regard to this. Now, here's one thing. My sister Mm -hmm. is a New York resident, um, also has her doctorate. She went to her representative recently about these internment camps issues in the in the legislature yeah. in New York. She talked to her her Senate and her representative, and she said, you know, these are experimental shots, you know. And would you believe he looked at her and he said, Well, no, they've been approved. And she said No, they haven't. They've only been given emergency use authorization. Oh, but we saw that press conference back Even, last year in August. Didn't we so see that? So here's the propaganda. Even your state representatives don't look into it. They take what the TV tells them or the news, just like everybody else, and they're just as involved in the psychosis, mm-hmm. and they're making these decisions. That's right. So that is flabbergasting yeah, as we I mean, sit here. Look, I... The audience of this program, if they don't know it by now, we will remind you once again, the biggest dog and pony show, the biggest fraud ever perpetuated by the FDA occurred last year when they claimed Pfizer was now an approved uh, vaccine for Mm COVID-19. And they made a big deal. I watched the press conference and I downloaded the material and I noticed immediately that evening as I read through it. For the next day's radio program, there was something missing, a letter from two weeks prior that that other authorization kept referring to. What they were saying in that other letter that you could not find unless you were... Look, the typical reporter at that press conference doesn't have the IQ that God gave seafood to figure this (laughs) stuff out. I mean, the little shrimp crawling across the bottom of the ocean has more common sense. Absolutely. And and they just take it, oh, the FDA... And then the headlines were, FDA approves Pfizer vaccine for COVID-19. That's all it said. And that was the desired result. 
That was the desired result to make yep. everybody believe everything was just copacetic, just wonderful. And what they were really saying was, we're approving a Pfizer vaccine called Cremidity, and it is approved. But we're allowing the emergency use authorization to continue for as long as we need it to, uh, as long as you got stockpile. And so everybody started running down to the local Walmart store, their CVS or their Walgreens or any place else that they could get their their free in, you know shot. I want the Pfizer because it's approved, and the and the and the the little girl that's stabbing you in the arm, she doesn't know any better. Yeah, that's right. Pfizer was approved last week. That's right. Not realizing that you're still signing that little piece of paper that comes with it. You're still signing an emergency use authorization stating that if I should be injured or die from this, nobody can sue. You're you're stuck. And you're yeah. stuck paying the bill for any health adverse health effect too. All of it. You you've completely exonerated Moderna or Pfizer or 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 Johnson and Johnson with their one jab fits all um, nonsense. That's right. And and so now you have the same exact farce occurring with Moderna. They have one called Spikevax. I'm sure you've read about that one. Yep. Try to find a dose of Spikevax anywhere on the globe. You won't find it, but you'll <laughs> find the emergency use authorization. It's just like Cormodinity is made in Germany, and it's not even available in Europe, let alone the United States, and it's not being made. That's right. So th- this, is, th- this was deception. They, try, they, they intentionally deceived the American people in a fraudulent approval that, that honestly... If we ever, if God ever exposes the darkness of all of this, there needs to be extreme prison time for those that perpetuated this. And really under a Nuremberg type code, the death penalty, I believe, is possible in my mind for those that knew the risk and lied. Those that took mega billions of dollars and didn't mind how many children or adults or teenagers they destroyed in the process. Yeah, Hitler's. Uh, medical science people all met, the, you know, faced their fate at the gallows, and I don't think that those that were involved in this fraud, including those at the FDA and the CDC, they should be tried as well. And the first trial should be really Anthony Fauci. And in a couple of moments, we're going to take a quick break, and and I want to come back. Uh, it's funny, we don't hear much from him lately as we used to. He used to be, his face was appearing everywhere. And, and it seems to be, am I, am I mistaken? Am I detecting that he's not as noticed on the television screen lately, Dr. Fauci? Yeah, I would say he's probably hiding with uh, Trudeau. <laughs> Some <laughs> we, underground bunkers. Yeah, they, they, they might need to be and see. <laughs> and, and I'm beginning to wonder because, look, you and I, we had a chance to, to be on the program back in December. And I said, I just feel that God is about to pull back the veil and put a spotlight. And you're going to see a bunch of roaches scurrying for cover. Mm-hmm. And and who would have believed that uh, Boris Johnson would suddenly say, okay, we're done with the mandates. We're done. We're done. And, and for the Canadian provinces, though I don't trust one of them, I think they're going to be kind of hedging their bets, yep. beginning to back off. And other states, even a few blue states, they're, they're staring this big cannon called the 2022 election cycle. And this is where, you know, 
you could see the governorships change hands in this country. And they, they've got to act like, and here's what I found disingenuous. I don't know if you notice this or not. They're acting like, well, you know, we never really liked the idea of a mass mandate, but we're just trying to be safe. So don't blame us. You know, they're, they're trying to find somebody else to blame. Yep. And I predict, I predict that by the time we get to June, if not sooner, the left will find a way to blame Trump for the vaccine failures and all that has gone wrong. And it wasn't us that killed everybody. It was Trump working with those evil big pharmaceuticals. So we need national health care so we have full control and we can rein in these evil companies like Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. Don't think that they will, that they know, look, um, Someone wrote in a a comment on something that I was discussing and said, well, I didn't see that story on Fox News. I said, look at how many commercials are sponsored by Big Pharma on Fox. That's why you don't see it. You know, the new drug. uh, Ask your doctor today. Side effects may include death, but I mean, you still will get rid of your pimples. This is the insanity that we've got. So anything else you have right before we go to break here? And then we'll we'll be back. And I want to pick up. I want you to be dealer's choice. You you pick the next topic. Yeah, being an emergency use, anybody who took it, most people never read it, and they just signed it. And as Doctor Malone said, the, the day's coming very quickly when people are going when people are going to the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors are going to look at the people and say, "Well, you took it of your own free choice. We didn't make you." Well, Doctor Gales, we're pretty much at the halfway point in our program today, and we need to take a quick break. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Many people have asked, where did Dr. Gales go? Well, change in his career and work. Uh, the schedule that I'm keeping in Florida made it very difficult at times for us to get together. Just when I'm worn out and tired, it's a great time for him to do a program. And it's just been today we made an effort to make sure we could do this program together. And we're going to try to get back to a fairly regular schedule pretty soon. As we go to this break, I want to thank all of you that listen to this program and support it. I think by now most of the audience recognizes the single most expense this program has is radio airtime. I know podcasting is wonderful. There's an expense there. It's not that great. But you find yourself often dependent upon the tech tyrants to be visible and if you're trying to host it yourself you're one of hundreds of thousands of little programs out there and how can you be found i have to keep that in mind as i do this program as both a podcast and a radio show i believe that most of my audience even those that listen as a podcast most of this audience started with shortwave You may listen as a podcast for convenience, but we're still on shortwave. And I've noticed the growth of audience in Canada. People that are writing saying, I hear you on 5950 or or 9395 uh, kilohertz from WRMI. Would you let me know how you listen? I'm not trying to build an email list, just so you know. I just need to know as I try to figure the best way to keep shortwave going. And, and, of course, trying to stay ahead of the, of the podcast censors, which I'm afraid is going to be a problem in the future. If you can help us financially, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is 5753 
5753 Highway 85 North. That's Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248. We are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, and the zip code there is 32536. When we get back on the other side, I've got some questions about, well, how do these things plan out? Ever heard of a tabletop exercise? We'll talk about that next. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Apply this. Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now you probably attend worship services regularly, and every week you probably hear a message or a sermon, and uh, you know, and every day you receive these things. And and if you're listening to the radio, you're receiving messages here. And from me, you also receive things daily. Well, it's very easy for us in the West to get into a consumer mentality and to let this consumer mentality affect our faith and our walk. We often treat sermons and messages, even the word, as something to be consumed. We sit at services as if we were sitting at a, a football game or or in front of a television set. We're consuming we listen to get, we to feel good, to feel spiritual. We feel like we've done our part. We even feel convicted or righteous or we had a good time. But hearing the word or hearing a sermon or even hearing these teachings on the radio is not an end in itself. In the book of James, we're told, don't be a hearer of the word only. Be a doer of the word. See, every time you hear this, you are it is to produce fruit in your life. You are to do something with it. There's going to be some kind of difference, some kind of change. The word is to equip you to bear fruit in action. The word is a seed. It's got to bear fruit. Every time you hear the word, you need to apply it to your heart, to your life, to your home. Every time you hear this teaching, apply it. That's where the blessing is. Let the word bear fruit, real fruit in your real life. You don't need to hear more necessarily. You need to resolve to put into action what you already know. So be a doer of the word today. Be good soil and you'll get much growth, much fruit, much mighty works in God. Your fruit will remain. Just apply this. Want more? Ask for 21 missions. Now the free gift for you from the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim, the awesome mystery, the temple doors, you'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua. And you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 to get your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me together, bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations. It's amazing. Imagine you could blanket the world with the gospel. You can. Through shortwave radio, it's amazing. The farthest way you could ever spread the gospel. How to be part? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me directly. Correct. Here's how. It's right. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy. It's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, apply it, my friend. Peace be to you in Messiah, Sarhaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Just a quick reminder, if you can, would you, if you can send an email, that's fine. I'm not building an email list. 
Let me know how you listen to the program. A lot of you are, and it's a real big help to me as we move forward and try to expand this ministry. If you can let me know how you listen, my email address is bob at truththenumber2ponder.com, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. I'm not trying to build an email list, so I'm not going to be bugging you, just so you know. Now, my guest today, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. He and I spent a lot of time, especially in 2021 and up till about the fall, as a regular guest on this program. Now, the work that he does and I do, all of a sudden, our schedule's in such conflict, we couldn't get together to record and put together this program. But I'm so happy to have him on today. When I worked in emergency management, we used the term tabletop exercise. Did a lot of them over the years. Where you're given a set of scenarios and then you have to decide how you're going to respond. Well, there have been a number of pandemic tabletop exercises. And just prior to this pandemic of COVID-19, there was a big one held called Event 201. Dr. Gales, so what is your what is your take uh, on all of these tabletop exercises and, and what can we glean from them? Well, for those who have heard about them, um, Event 201, for example, these are roadmaps. You know, these are exercises based on plans that these elitists, uh, the money people, the banking interests, uh, have been desiring to do. Mm-hmm. So they're wargaming it, and they're looking at all the scenarios and the variables of what's going to happen. We don't hear, I mean, Event 201 was not publicized everywhere, but no. after the fact, they couldn't hide it, and, and people saw it and said, wait a minute, that's weird that it happened just a year prior, not even, about a few months. Yeah, October. Of, uh, right. of, of 2019 and then all of a sudden in December or well I think end November is when it started to break out in China sure. uh, but it, came, it became global as we got into the year 2020 an, an election year of all things who to funk it yeah yeah and then there is another one called the SPARS S-P-A-R-S um, pandemic mm-hmm. 2025 to 2028 now that also was an exercise by Johns Hopkins uh, that put it together and you know it the scenario in there really talks much about what we just went through but what it does say is eventually there's going to become a growing pushback by people people are going to begin waking up and realizing that these companies Companies Cana- deceive can, can, them. Canadian truckers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That these companies deceive them and that they have been given um, unregulated shots and they're getting sick and dying. And before they get sick and die, many of them, they go after literally the politicians, the doctors. I mean, they go after them to string them up, whatever. Um, and, and those individuals, front individuals take the fall. Mm-hmm. This is all in supposedly a fictitious document, uh, but it's allowed. It's allowed. Now, that document would end not going into the bigger picture. The bigger picture is if indeed this this I call them a cabal, they're money interest people. Mm-hmm. If these individuals are allowing this right now, we're getting excited saying everybody's waking up. We're going to bring an end to this. Truth is going to reign. Mm-hmm. And yet they're allowing it and it's going to get they're going to allow it to get so bad 
that people are going to cry out for truth and justice in government. The 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 politicians are going to fail. The institutions we've trusted are going to fail. Everything is failing and corrupt. And so this is your classic example of, right, create a scenario mm-hmm. and a problem, get the reaction, provide the solution. And that's what they're going to do. And blame but, Trump. Yes, and blame Trump. And, oh, yeah. and even back when, there was this guy who was called a conspiracy, William Cooper, conspiracy theorist. But William Cooper said in the 90s, early 90s, he said, you know, listen to me, people. He said, the, these elitists are going to shoot for this new world order. They're going to do it. He even mentioned the, the virus. He mentioned all of this. And he said, but they're talking nuclear war too. War is not off the table. He said, and if they fail at one, they're just going to use all of them because they're not going to stop in their agenda. And lo and behold, what's going on in Ukraine? Yeah, who'd have thunk it too? And how, how is it that the World Economic Forum's global school of world leaders, Putin, Trudeau, mm-hmm. Macron, who just met with Putin, by the way, to dialogue, all of these individuals are graduates of the same school under Schwab That's and the right. World Economic Forum. And, and, you know, and, and they always forget that Trudeau is definitely a protege of the World Economic Forum. He's gone through their leadership program, as many others have. He, he's, he's one of the ones they tout as, as being one of tomorrow's leaders today from yeah. the World Economic Forum. So Trudeau thinks of himself as a globalist and elitist and he's going to be receiving his billions when when he assumes his little role in 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 the one world government i mean this is what he thinks and i don't care what anybody you can deny that but that's where it's heading yep they all believe it And, and the thing is what what trudeau is too stupid to understand in his you know, cultural appropriations and everything else, most people look at him like the emperor with no clothes. He's an idiot. But because you have a socialist government that has formed too many, has too many people deceived in Canada, he's, he stays in he stays in office. But, sure. but you, you think Klaus Schwab would expend any energy to save his neck if things go south? <laughs> I hate to use that term in Canada. You think he would be there to save his little boy Trudeau? No, I don't. I think Trudeau is fodder for the canon, just like a bunch of the other front people. You've got the new, the one in New Zealand. You've got Australia. You've got they're all products of Schwab, and he's going to allow some. And of course, to take all, the fall. Hey, hey, don't forget Austria, right down the street yeah, from that's Davos. That's right. That's right. And you know Schwab. Uh, even said publicly recently, uh, it's filmed, you can find it. And he said, you know, let's take an example of uh, Canada and even Australia. He goes, Austria, where there are places where we have control. Our people are in make up half the cabinet, mm-hmm. half the deciders. So you want to talk about a rabbit hole. Listen, folks, this is a orchestrated, intertwined, international event by a clique, a cabal that are taking their orders and they are implementing them. It is no wonder that the whole world started masking. Every nation started doing mm-hmm. it. Everybody started isolating and, and locking down. All the nations started and, and, doing it. And when it came to masking, even though the science was totally fraudulent, I mean... That's right, totally. And 
they all were actually playing out the Rockefeller document. They were in lockstep. Mm-hmm. And that document came out in 2010. So this has long been planned. Well, two, year, two years ago, when I was working in emergency management, and the idea of wearing a face mask is first discussed. Now, remember, this is not an area that's going to be my total expertise. You know, you're, you're, you're depending upon somebody that has, quote, the background. And so I'm not challenging it, but I'm not fully accepting it either. It's just here's something we're going to try. Okay, I get it. And I, I can understand 15 days to flatten the curve as it was sold. But it didn't take long. Trust me, it didn't take long. As we got toward the end of March and early April, I started questioning something is not being, there's a terrible amount of dishonesty here. And a lot of the numbers and facts are not adding up. As I've mentioned before, I came to a county that they were told by all the experts, as you mentioned before, the experts, Mm -hmm. 3,000 people are going to die in your county by the time we get to July of 2020. Well, 3,000 people didn't die. Uh, Basically, 40,000 people, 50,000 people didn't fall critically ill in that county. Uh, A tiny fraction of that. And by the time the 1st of May rolled around, I said, I'm out of here. I can't do this. Um, I I feel like I'm participating in something that is just evil. Because the more I looked at it, the more evil it became. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no vaccine on the horizon at that point. And you had Fauci saying, oh, yeah, it's going to take about five years. You know, you might get something by 2024 we can look at. But then over then again, you know, he was just trying to get rid of Trump. He knew full well that a vaccine would be announced as soon as the election was over. I think that's part of the deal, you know, that these companies, you can't say or breathe a word until after the election is certified, or at least, you know, it can't be undone. And and so Moderna and uh, Pfizer miraculously around the 12th of November and right after, there they were, ready to go, ready to save the world. <laughs> And they then, then, then the internal documents come out that they were ready to make that statement in October, and yeah. they agreed not to. Isn't it interesting that you know Bill Gates at the same time was was publicly saying you know we're going to with our new innovation of mRNA vaccines we no longer have to you know wait four five ten years before we can do it we're going to have them quicker they're going to be more efficient they're going to be better oh they're more efficient in killing people that's right and they've had them long before the pandemic they were waiting to go and that's our issue here right the mm-hmm. evil as you said is really there and it is worldwide it is a nefarious feeling that you have when you watch the blatant lies uh you talked about the masks mm-hmm. like if you pre 2020 you look up articles on masks they all tell you they don't work fauci That's himself right. told you it didn't work That's right. however almost all of the scientific studies on the use of masks are dated from 2020 on that you can find now. And they all say, oh, yeah, they're great. They work. They're- Except John Hopkins, you know, spilled the beans of truth <laughs> by yeah. accident. You know, yeah. Wait a minute. You, you, John Hopkins is saying that they're not really that effective? Yeah, they did. And yep. 
I think they're trying to cover for themselves too because anything, they're so deep into this. Airborne like that, you know. I went to my doctor who was in the hospital. I had I had a mask on. I had to to go in to see him. He had one on, and he goes, "Oh, I hate these things," you know. And I looked at him. I said, "You know, they don't work." Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and I said, "You know that if there was actually an airborne deadly virus in this room, and you and I are sitting here with these masks on, we're both going to get it." And he mm-hmm. looked at me. Goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you what what got to me one day. I, I at what I'm this this is probably end of April, and we're we're beginning to have to wear a face mask at the emergency operations center, or keep a certain distance, or what have you. And on my desk, I happen to have a little magnifying glass. You know, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing expensive. Something you could buy at the Wally World. And I grabbed the mask, and I just kind of looked at it. And I could see all the dust particles and garbage on it. And I could see through it with a, with a magnifying glass. I'm wait a minute. I can see light and everything coming through the holes in this mask. Yet it takes an electron microscope for me to see a virus. And, and which would be, what, one millionth or something the size of that hole in the mask? It's, it's ridiculous. And I'm thinking, okay, so Fauci's answer is, oh, it may stop a droplet or two. Well, if it's a droplet or two, the droplet is going to fall to the ground, including the virus. If you spray it through a mask, it's going to aerosolize it. And what do they tell us how the virus transmits? As an aerosol. Now, now, That's right. So the mask is creating a better aerosol. And when you think about it, it's kind of like running it through. This is what started to, to really trouble me. When people would blow smoke through one, you'd see how it just aerated out better yep. in a wider area than that one little line in front. And so people walking around sick with the Rone, if that's what they really had in a grocery store, they're the most efficient spreader. They're, they're blowing it out in all directions through their face diaper. And, and people don't see it. I'm amazed. It is. It is. Well, they want to believe. That's what it really comes down to. It's not a question of truth or error. It's a question of I want to believe it because the alternative is too mm-hmm. fright, frightening. And that's where most people are. They're, they're scared. They, they're, they let themselves be in this psychosis because it's comfortable. The problem is we've got to wake them up out of it. And that's what we've been trying to do. But the psychosis is the brainwashing. The brainwashing is the tool that is being used to bring in global totalitarianism. And if we do not break through that Mm -hmm. somehow we're going to be enslaved in our children and children's children for a new dark age whether it's a thousand years i don't know because the technology is combining with the propaganda and there it's going to enslave even with the digital monetary system that's right that's coming that that's coming and you know you you said it last year when uh, you made the prediction, I think, in February or March of last year, early on, that while they were saying at that time, you know, mandatory vaccination was not even on the table, you said it will be, and they'll eventually have a way to make you take it by having a digital ID to be allowed to live your life. Exactly. And and what, what, what did we get? The green card, the green passport in Israel. Then we started seeing Canada, nation after nation, place after place, city after city, even in the United States and all over. No jab, no job. Uh, no jab, no food. I mean, you're, you're, you're being restricted and, and put under house arrest. 
That's right. And, and just combining it, right? The money, they're combining your ability to purchase. But see, but see, I, I look at it this way: if if the only thing the government can say is we're going to a digital currency and we're going to do that because cash is evil and we want to stop drug dealers you're not going to get enough people to back you up right. uh even you know the christians will always say this is too getting too close to the beast mark here you know mm-hmm. and then you're going to have others saying you know i don't think i want you nosing around with everything that i do which is what you can do i mean uh, you know, you can start saying you can't buy things here because it's not good for your health. You, you can see where it could all go amuck real quick. But, yeah. but um, if you have something like the vaccine, and I can't go bar hopping without my without my digital currency, you're going to forego what your former belief system was because of your immediate necessity. Um, something that is uh, basically obligatory that you really doesn't affect you directly you're not going to be on board but when it means you don't have a job that pays you a pretty good wage working for some big company or you can't buy a house or you can't bank or you can't do this a lot of people because they have no faith in jesus christ they're going to fall for it and they're going to look after themselves it's the boy, the frog in the boiling pot. I mean, we saw it in the very beginning when we saw you can't enter a store without a mask. And we said, well, that's going to lead to these shots, right? And now you can't enter a store mm-hmm. without a mask and your vaccine. You have to show you had the vaccine. Then you had to show you had two. Then you had to show you had the booster. And now the green pass. You got to show your phone yep. QR yep. code. And that's just, it's all slowly leading up to the financial system, well, it, which it, is part of the reset. I, I think the, the, the straw that's going to break the camel's back on the vaccines is, is becoming obvious. Number one, people are dying. They can't. And, and you have there are too many stories that I find from credible, not offbeat sources, credible sources where morticians are saying we're seeing things we've never seen in such large quantity before. Insurance companies saying, you know, there's an increase in deaths in a group you would not expect. And, and all these things are beginning to roll out. Yeah. And and eventually you can't hide it forever. And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of the Democrats are pivoting to get ahead of it. They don't want to be be seen as being chased down the street by a mob with with pitchforks and and torches. They want to act like they're the, the you know the grand marshal of the parade. They want to look like they're leading this. So they're they're beginning to pivot to save their own skin. Now whether that'll work or not, I don't know. And what are we going to do about it, right? Are we really going to hold them accountable? Yeah, well, that's uh, what I'm afraid of. We're not. I, I think they're right. going to try to. They're going to try to soothe it over, and you know, hope that their media counterparts will will hide the fact of how these people died, which is what they did. They died, and they died of what a vaccine. I mean, mm-hmm. you know it, and I know it. Yep. And and but I, but I think look. They're going to divert. I think they're going to redirect. They're going to have to. The redirection is Ukraine. The redirection is, you know, Putin is given his orders uh, the same as Biden. They're going to start a war. Now, let me ask you a question. And maybe they won't, okay? But hypothetically, what if right now we saw a war breakout, which they're pushing propaganda everywhere, and that war eventually encompasses – Say a couple nukes that are launched, maybe a few cities in the world, not a whole scale mm-hmm. nuclear war. Can you imagine the fear in yeah. humanity? Well, look, here's how I look at it. 
I've talked to a lot of people about what is going on in the Ukraine. Well, number one, Ukraine is a corrupt government, always has been. It's mm-hmm. got it's got serious issues. Number two, the Russians could care less about the Ukraine except for the resources. And they can trade or deal any way they want to get them. What Russia does not want, and I kind of understand it, uh, you got, let's face it, the Ukraine is not a part of NATO, though some people want it to be, but they're too corrupt. Mm-hmm. What Putin doesn't want is is NATO arms sitting on their border. Yes, exactly. And, and so, I mean, and this is the story that the media does not want to tell you. Putin is saying, you, you know, you keep them out of the Ukraine, you keep them out of NATO, and you stay on your side of Belarus and everything else, I could care less. I don't care what they, because, you know, I can still wheel and deal to get what anything I need from these corrupt people. I don't need a war. But if you want to put your armament on my border, that'd be like uh, Russia putting armament on the, uh, shall we say, Mexican border with Texaco, uh, with with Texas. I was just going to bring that up. Texas, imagine if it seceded was a lone star state and it was like Ukraine. And all of a sudden we notice Mexico putting all of these armaments on from somebody else, from somebody else, like from the Russians or the North Koreans. We would build up too. we'd say, wait a minute, you can't do that. That's That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. You're totally correct. All right. Now, before we run out of time i want to give you a moment anything you want to because i'm going to get you back on next week just so listeners know between your schedule and mine we have been like two ships passing in the night for the last six months and hopefully the work that i'm doing is going to ease up in the next two to three weeks but what really quick give an update on what god is doing in your life if you can Currently, he has me working with uh, with people who are in end of life care and hospice. And I got to tell you, um, I have people calling me up with surprising news as they're crying in the phone, saying, "My 30 year old son just dropped dead." Surprisingly, after his second Pfizer shot, uh, I'm hearing this word to my ears mm. almost on a weekly basis. Incredible. I know. We, we cannot forget that God is sovereign, that he's still on the throne, and that prayer changes things. And we have to be more spiritual in our spiritual lives because that's where the light, you know, we let the light of his countenance shine before us. That is where discernment is. That's what you need, and that's what I need. Dr. Gales, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the program again today. It's been, it's been too long. And we're going to have to work on fixing that. As I mentioned a little while ago, it is very hard for the two of us lately, it'll change, to have a good recording time with his schedule and mine being so vastly different at the moment. But we're going to make sure that it happens again real soon. This program, Truth to Ponder, started to give you information you're not getting anywhere else. Maybe you are, but I'm trying to at least tie it together so it can be understandable. I felt in the summer of 2020 that much of the mainstream media was now a propaganda service, and it troubled me deeply. And, and I felt it was time to, to let people know what is really going on in this world. I thank all of you that listen to this podcast, but I really need the support to stay on shortwave radio. It's more vital than you know. We'll talk about that later this week. If you can help us, You can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 
Highway 85 North. Our secure box number is 3248. That's 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. That's zip code 32536. Until tomorrow, may God bless. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.